Starting a new series around Christmas. How many think that might be a good thing? Uh, we're talking about Christmas and the Christmas story, and we're talking about unwrapping. Have you, have you ever unwrapped a gift? Let's just be honest. We're in church, right? Okay. Uh, have you ever opened a gift, and it's not what you wanted? <laughs> Anybody feel me there? Uh, it's not what you wanted, not what you expected. And how many, you're pretty good, though, <laughs> at covering it up, you know. Oh, thank you. I just, thank you. And, uh, you know, some of us maybe can read through the, the lines there, but... Uh, yeah, have you ever opened up some gifts that you weren't expecting? And we're going to talk about some of those gifts that come our way. And when they come our way, we don't think of them as a gift. And, and we're going to look at waiting. Waiting. How many think waiting is not a gift? I know for me, uh, recently, uh, over this past year, and many of you know this because I've used this before, um, our main road to our house has been, yeah, you know where I'm going, has been under construction all year long. And uh, what's been a little extra frustrating about that is not just the extra seven minutes uh, approximately that it had, takes me. Now, my wife says, ah, honey, it's only about five, but... Don't talk to her. I'm telling you, it's seven minutes, all right? Seven extra minutes. Uh, she had the microphone. She could tell you whatever, but I've got it, all right? So it's seven minutes extra that uh, you have to... Da- and, and you go over uh, two stops plus another stop uh, at a busy intersection that you would not have to go through if, if it weren't for the detour, and five speed bumps that you have to go over, and a partridge in a pear tree, okay? So you have all this stuff that, that you have to do you know, to get through, and finally, okay, it was supposed to be open. Here's the frustrating part. It's supposed to be open in July. It wasn't. Not even close. And then they said September. September. And uh, it still wasn't open. And so finally, about a week ago, it opened up. And uh, now I can get here in just a, uh, well, uh, pretty quick, all right? So depending on who's, who's in, in, in the way. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it's, it's just so much better. And, but, but waiting, oh my gosh, especially when you think July. You know what I'm saying? And, and then you think September. And then pretty soon you're like, okay, it ain't even going to happen. Or it's not happening this year. And, and as frustrating as it can be waiting on road construction and other things, maybe in a doctor's office or whatever, it, it, you're impatient, having to wait. How about waiting on God? Hmm. That, that's a whole new thing, right? That's a different level of waiting. And we're going to look at the Christmas story today, especially through that lens. 
the lens of waiting, of anticipating, and where is God when you're waiting? All right, let's look at the Christmas story from Matthew's gospel. Okay, Matthew's a writer of the life of Jesus in the New Testament. Many of you know that. If you're new to the Bible, uh, it's one of the books of the Bible. We call them one of the divisions, one of the writings. And Matthew wrote about Jesus. And And he wrote it firsthand because he was a follower of Jesus. Here's what he wrote in his gospel or his story of Jesus. In Matthew 1, 20, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, Joseph, in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. How many, uh, you would like God to give you your baby's name because you had to go through maybe books. I don't know, anybody remember books? Um, you know, that you had to go look through or whatever, or you did a Google search, one of the most popular names of babies or whatever, and, and, but they didn't have to do that. God said what his name would be because he will save his people from their sins. And all this, and I notice this in verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. That would be like his nickname, because here's what that means. God with us. God with us with us. How many are glad God is with us? Right? God's with us. He's with us. But have you ever felt like he was taking a long time to get there? At least in regard to your situation. That maybe he's not even listening. And maybe you even get to the point where you're even wondering if he's even there. Even wondering, does he care about me? Because maybe you've prayed about migraines for a long time. Or you've prayed for a loved one to come to Christ, and they just seem to get further. They're almost like they're getting further from God rather than closer to God. Or you prayed for those job benefits to to come through and, and, and to get them, and yet they're still not, you know, just be patient with us. We're working on it. There's a lot of red tape involved. Or maybe you have some hurts in your marriage and you're wanting those to be healed, and it just seems like, wow, this, this is a whole process. Or depression that just seemingly won't lift. Or perhaps you've been praying for a spouse and you haven't even had a date this year. And so it just seems like you're waiting so long. God, do you not care? Do you not see me? Do you not see what's going on here? And that is exactly what people felt in the Bible. Because Matthew, it's so funny when we read that, and he's like, well, the prophet said, I want you to know when the prophet said that. The prophet said that 700 years ago. That's when he said that, that this baby will happen. 
How many know that's a long time to wait for a baby? 700 years. And so uh, you may be sitting at home or whatever, and, and, and you're waiting on something. And, and sometimes we can get impatient with our microwave, right? We can, we can be like, what is taking that thing so long? And God promised to send a, a Savior, and yet it doesn't look like it's happening. It doesn't look like it's coming our way. I know uh, for those of us, ain't by garden here. Do you do some gardening? Yeah, a few of us. And, and so we've gotten into this, and we've got some boxes that, that uh, someone in the church helped us to put in our yard. I think they're going to put a picture up for me. And uh, this is, was early on uh, in, in planting. And uh, at this point, you know, the, there's plants, but there's nothing to pick. Okay, there's nothing to pick. And for weeks, there's nothing to pick. And, and yet you're hopeful, and here's what you, you have to do at this point, is you have watering and weeding. That's it. No eating. Watering and weeding and waiting. And, and you're hopeful that there'll be a bloom. There'll be a sign. There'll be something. But, but the bloom's still not enough, right? It, it's still not there. You can't eat a bloom. At least I don't want to. And, and when God prophesied that a son would come, that a, that a baby would be born, I want you to know it dates even further back than 700 years. There's a verse in the very beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, which is the very first book of the Bible. Adam and Eve have sinned. They've blown it. They messed up. And they feel ashamed as a result. And God comes on the scene and pronounces judgment. And in the midst of of his judgment, God gives a word of hope. I want somebody to know today that even if you're guilty of a crime or whatever and you're getting ready to be sentenced or something like that or you're watching today and you're like, oh my goodness, I, I don't know what my future holds. I'm getting ready to go to court and what are they going to decide? And I want you to know that there's even hope in that. That it, even in God's judgment, there was hope. And in the book of Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, it says, I will put enmity between you and the woman. He's speaking to the devil or the serpent and the woman. Between your seed, and I want you to notice this, and her seed, and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Of course, many Bible scholars believe this is an anticipation of a Savior that God's already saying, I'm going to fix this. You guys messed it up. How many know it doesn't take too many people to mess it up? <laughs> Two people and one rule, right? <laughs> and, and they messed it up. And, and don't laugh too loud because you would have done the same thing, right? Because you've done worse, even. And so God, in the midst of this, he says, the seed of the woman 
will crush your head. Now, everywhere else in the Bible, God says the seed of the man and talks in those terms. But in this instance, he specifies it's going to be the seed of a woman. Now, why is that significant? Why, why make a deal of that? It's because God was already saying there's going to come a child that no man's going to have a part in. It's going to be the seed of a woman. And now I know you don't even know what that is yet, and you can't comprehend it, but I'm just telling you, I've already planned it. Do you see that? Thousands of years before it happens, God already knows exactly what he's going to do. And, and you may be here today, and your situation may look bleak, but I want you to know God already knew how to get you out of it before you even got into it. Is that good? Yeah, he already knew what was going to happen. And so he already knew he was going to forgive your sins. He was going to send a savior. He was going to bring someone along the way. And already at the very beginning of the Bible, third chapter, God says, a savior is coming. That's good news. That's good news. But Isaiah, what did Isaiah say? Well, Matthew pretty well quotes him, but I want to read it from Isaiah, all right? Isaiah 7 14 is where Matthew is pulling from when he's talking about this virgin birth. Here's what God said 700 years before it happened. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. Now, that, that's crazy, right? This is way back. And God is, is predicting this. And you will call him Emmanuel. You, you just understand that I've got this under control. And I want you to understand this today, that even if you feel out of control, if you feel that I, I don't know how this is going to work out, I, I don't know how my marriage is going to survive, I don't know how to get our finances back on track, I don't know how to get my health back, I, I don't know what to do next, I don't know what to choose, I don't know what to pick, I want you to know God's already got a plan in mind, all right? God's already got a plan in mind. And, and so sometimes, though, it takes a while. The road doesn't open when we want it to open or, or when we thought it would open. It takes longer. And, and so what do you do when you, you need a sign? You, need a, you, you don't even feel like you have a feeling anymore. You just, it's like, God, where are you? What, what's going on? I, I, I just need something. And there's silence. I want you to know that before Jesus was born, before the book of Matthew comes along, there's an intertestamental, it's called period, all right? Now, here's, here's what that is, is and if you have a study Bible, it probably shows this. 400 years of no scripture. 400 years of no one writing uh, anything to put in this book. And many scholars refer to this as, as the intertestamental period of 400 years of God's silence in preparation for the birth of Jesus. Now, it's one thing to be waiting 
and hearing from God. And it's another thing to be waiting and you feel like you can't hear from God. Has anybody been there? Don't leave me up here by myself today, all right? Come on, somebody at home, type in the chat. I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. And, and, and you're like, gosh, God, I don't even think I feel you right now. Can we just get real here this morning? I, I don't feel like I feel you. I don't hear you. I, I need something. God, I, there's been times when I've had those goosebumps and whatever, and I'm not having that. There's been times when I, I felt like your, your, your ear uh, was attuned to me. But now, I just feel like you're silent. Here's some things that I want you to know that God is doing while you are waiting. First of all, silence is different from absence. Silence is different from absence. There are times when we're on a road trip and my wife is eerily and irritatedly, <laughs> I might add, silent. And I'm like, you're not talking. And, and she's like, well, I'm just resting over here. I'm just thinking or I'm just, well, quit doing that. <laughs> you know, talk to me. Speak, you know. I want, some, uh, I want some interaction here. And, and sometimes I'm sleepy or whatever, and I, I, it's just, you know, it just, just helps in the silence. And sometimes God feels silent, but it doesn't mean God is absent. He's still there. He's still there. And here's, here's a verse I want you to see today in the timing of the Lord. Galatians chapter 4. I love this passage. Galatians chapter 4. This is a, a, a book that Paul the apostle uh, wrote later after he had been converted to Christ and came to an understanding of the Savior and came to an understanding uh, of prophecy being fulfilled after all these years. Here's what he says about it. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Here's what the apostle Paul says. He says at the set time when it was fully come. Now, the original word, I looked it up, and it's pleroma chronu. Okay, and, and what that means is like full measure. In other words, filled to the brim. All right, there's times when somebody will say, uh, you know, here's your coffee, uh, you know, and, and you'll be like, well, that's not full. Have you ever felt that way? Like, go ahead and give me the whole cup, you know? I mean, there, there's, there's a gap here. And, and so... The Bible says when it was fully come, when it was fully full, then, when, when the fullness of time had come, 
Centuries had passed, and God promised to send a Savior. But here's when he sent him, when it was fully full. Not, not part full, not mostly full, but when it was fully full. And how many of us have sometimes looked back and seen why God waited? How many are glad you're not married to that first person you dated, right? You're just... Thank you, Jesus, you know. Raise both hands right now. You just have a hallelujah breakdown, right? Because you've seen them since then, and you, you've been around them and, and all. So, so just because God feels silent doesn't mean God is absent. And here's the next thing, is while you are waiting, God is working, Okay, while you're waiting, God is working. What's he doing? Well, during this, let's just look at these 400 years that are in between the Old Testament and the New Testament. What was God doing? If he's not writing new scriptures for us, if he's not still sending prophets that can write scripture and, and, and fill the gap, what, what is he doing during this time? Well, history tells us a few things. One thing is Alexander the Great came along. And in 12 years, he conquered the then known world. When you can conquer the then known world, they add great to your name, right? That, that's pretty great. And, and so what happened, what's significant about that, for the first time, there was a common language. They all were speaking the same language. He had conquered the world. Uh, everybody's speaking at least a little bit of Greek and understanding it. And so it united people. The next thing that happened is during that Old Testament, uh, or during that time of Greek, the Old Testament was translated into Greek so that people could read it. Because before then, it was Hebrew scriptures, and very few people spoke Hebrew. And so now, all of a sudden, the Word of God is available to people. And then another method came along, a Socratic method of teaching in where people could ask questions. And there was a question and answer kind of learning experience. And we see that with Jesus. Jesus was asked questions. And sometimes he'd answer them, but a lot of times he'd answer a question with a question. And, and with the disciples, he, he wasn't put off by their questions. He allowed them to ask him questions, and he, he told them that some of this you're going to get later. Some of this you're going to understand later about this temple being destroyed and raised back up again. You're, you're going to get it, uh, but, but it's going to be later. And, and so this helped the Word of God, again, to be taught and for people to catch it. And then... In 63 BC, the Romans conquered the Greeks. And there was a relative peace on earth at that time. And so they began to build a road system 
They began to help for highways to come so that people could travel further than they'd ever been able to travel before. Also during this time, there was a a season of diaspora. And what that means is a scattering. It was a disbursement. And it's in regard to the Jewish people. And we see this in scripture, how that they were dispersed until there were more Jews living outside of the Palestine area than inside of it. And what does that do? That helps set up for the gospel to be preached because in the first time in history, people could read the Bible in a language they could understand. They could ask questions and get their questions answered. They could travel from city to city. And we see this with the Apostle Paul, how he would go between cities and he was always constantly traveling and birthing new churches all across the world. All of these roads and highways were used, yes, for commerce as they were mainly designed for, but they were also designed for the communication of the greatest news that anyone could ever hear, that the Savior has been born. He's here. Now, while God's people were waiting, God was working. God was working. Now, I want to give you maybe some possible, couple possible reasons why you might be waiting, okay? This just, this just me, okay? And, and I'll just speak from experience. There, there's at least a couple things that I think are going on that, that scripture infers to us and teaches us that can be happening when we're wanting God to move, we're waiting for God to move, but it seems like we're on hold. How many don't like being on hold? Sometimes the music's too loud and sometimes it's too soft. It's like, are they on there? You know. And, and so what's going on? What's happening? Here's the first thing. Maybe you want to write this down. First reason may be it's not ready. It's not ready. You know, Alexander the Great had to conquer the world. The Romans had to conquer the Greeks. The people of God had to get dispersed so they'd be ready to receive the good news and spread it. And roads and highways had to be built so that the word of God, the good news, once Jesus landed on this planet, could go and be spread like wildfire. But see, we don't know that when we're in it, right? We, we don't know that. When we first opened a gift, have you ever had this, where you opened a gift, you didn't think you wanted it, but then you found out, well, they knew what I wanted. I didn't know what I wanted. Anybody have that experience before? Where you're like, well, I didn't even think I needed this, but now that I have it, I'm so thankful for it. I, I'm so glad they gave it to me. And, and so... During that waiting time, though, as you're waiting for something to happen, if you're praying about something, it can get emotional. And I know when I was praying, 
uh, in Bible college, and uh, I, I was, uh, you know, going through uh, four years of training in Bible college, and I've got one of my classmates here today, Dan, so he can vouch for me. Uh, we had a nickname for our Bible college back in the day, Central Bridal College, all right? Uh, because it was like the goal, one of the big goals, one was to graduate, okay, it was to graduate, but it was also to have a ring on, too, or be close, because, you know, you kind of expected God will help you and, and, and you'll find your, your mate here. And that'd just be beautiful to be able to do that. Just such a package deal, you know, <laughs> to, to, to get your <laughs> degree and, and to get your dip, diploma and, and your marriage certificate, you know, all kind of at the same time and just kind of neatly wrapped up in a bow and, and just, just wonderful. And so I just knew I just knew God loves me. He cares about me. God's got his hand on me. I wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for God. I, if God hadn't called me to do this, there's no way I would have signed up to go to Bible college and, and, and do all this. And so I know God's going to work this out. And then I, I went through freshman year. And he didn't even come close. <laughs> and sophomore year, and junior year, and senior year, and I thought a couple of times, oh, yes, God is working. God's working. And then it didn't work out. <laughs> and then it's like, now it's getting late, God. It is getting really late in the whole scheme of things because I'm about to graduate. And it is late to be trying to date, engage, and get married here in about two months. <laughs> it's not my plan. And uh, it, it was somewhat discouraging. And there were times when I, uh, it was emotional to me. And then, then as I graduated and, and, and then I had people who interviewed me and they thought, oh, wow, a single youth pastor. No. <laughs> no. Not happening. Not in my church. And uh, I thought, God. What is going on? What are you doing? And uh, ultimately, and I've told this part of the story before, but uh, I, I wound up going to Terre Haute, Indiana, just a little over an hour away from where I grew up, and um, wound up in the, in the church there and uh, met somebody who set my heart on fire. All right, uh, who I, uh, yeah, Rochelle's there, and it was her church, and, you know, I mean, the rest is history, but, but I'm just telling you, it wasn't comfortable up to that point. It wasn't easy up to that point. And it was easy to say, God, what, do you, what the heck are you doing up there, you know? I mean, what are you doing? Have you ever felt that way? 
Come on, some honest people, raise your hand. Yeah. And, and so you at home, I mean, you, you may be waiting and waiting. You know, when is God going to do this? Here, here's what can happen. It's not ready yet. It's not ready yet. You know what? Rochelle and I lived a little over an hour from each other, and we had similar friends through the years, and we even went to similar places and things like that and never met each other. And here's what we've decided. That's a good thing. <laughs> That's a good thing because we weren't ready. I wasn't ready for her. She wasn't ready for me. And I'm just telling you, you, you may be here today, and you thought by now you'd be married. I had it planned at this point in time, this should, and you're still single, and there's no prospects. Or maybe you're married, but it's not what you thought it would be, and you're struggling, and you're wondering, God, I, I really didn't sign up for this. Or maybe you've been praying for a baby, and and. That's been a long time now that you've been doing that. Maybe you've been praying for a promotion and it seems like everybody else gets the promotion. Or maybe you've been praying for healing and then you hear about somebody else getting healed. You hear about someone else that got a good report and it seems like you only get bad news. I want you to know while you're waiting on it, sometimes it's not ready. Sometimes God's waiting for a point where he's going to show his glory in your life in a greater way than you could imagine. Now, here's the second reason, all right? Buckle your seatbelt. You're not going to like this one any better than that first one, all right? As a matter of fact, some of you are going to detest this one. All right, sometimes it's not ready. Sometimes you're not ready. All right, you're not ready. You think you're ready, but you're not ready. Because before God can do something for you, he wants to often do something in you. And, and so God is wanting to work something in your life. Maybe, maybe it's patience. Maybe it's trust. Because, oh, isn't it easy to say, I trust God? I, I trust him. Oh, yeah? So you must be a tither, right? So you, you must be involved in church, right? Because you trust him with your time. Oh, you, you must trust him to help you to witness to people. You must be witnessing to people all the time because you trust him. To get, hello? <laughs> so it's easy for us to say, I trust him. But, but here's what God may be doing. God may be working in the situation, a deeper work. So don't waste the waiting. Don't waste the waiting period. Isaiah, he says in Isaiah 64, verse 4, since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of who? Those who wait for him. See, God's wanting to work 
through people who are willing to wait, who are willing to wait for him, who are willing to to say, you know what, I I don't think God's done yet. And God's ways are always good. God's timing is always perfect. The scripture says, when it was fully, fully, fully come, then God sent his son. It took hundreds of years, really thousands of years, but it wasn't time yet. But when it was time, no devil, no demon, no power of hell could stop it. Not a Herod, not anyone, not a decree from any political leader of the day could stop the Savior. Help, help me, somebody. So God's not ignoring you. He, he's not neglecting you. He hasn't forgotten you. But sometimes he's working on you during this time. And, and he's always wanting to work on us, right? And, and when it seems that God is, is not talking, he's silent, it doesn't mean he's absent. When, when you're waiting, it can still mean God is working. You know, Christianity is different from all the religions of the world. You know, all the other religions, you just study them, there's some kind of system of me getting up. It's all designed that way. You know, if you'll meditate, if you'll, you know, crawl on your knees long enough, if you, you know, uh, hurt yourself enough, if you pay enough penance, if you do whatever, you know, finally you'll arrive, you know, you'll get, if you, if you do then you'll get. And Christianity is just like the opposite of that. It's not the attempt of people to get to God. It's God's attempt to get to people. It's God saying, I can't sit up here any longer. I can't stay put. I can't just let this go. These people need my help. So I'm sending someone. I'll just go ahead and say it today. Day one of when you messed up, I just want you to know on day one, I've already got this. I can't take it any longer. I've got to do something. I've got to do something. And so I'm just going to say it. There's going to come a supernatural birth. I'll tell you more about it later. I got more people lined up. They're going to write about it. You're going to read about it for a long, long time. And just about the time you think it's not going to happen, it's going to happen. It's going to take place. And history will record it. People who don't even believe the Bible will write about it. Hello? People who don't even believe the Bible, but they'll write about this. This birth, this person who's going to come, he'll split history in half. They'll date their calendar because of him. And so God says, I'm going to send a baby. What? (laughs) Like, that's what we need. 
I thought we needed a battle, you know? Need to get these Romans out of here. We need somebody who will, you know, do something bigger than a baby. He said, nah, no, you need a baby because this baby is going to grow up and he's going to live a perfect life on an imperfect planet surrounded by imperfect people so that all of the imperfect people can look to him because when he is lifted up, he will draw all people unto him. And 2 Peter, let me wrap this up today. 2 Peter, this explains a lot. 2 Peter 3.9, so the apostle Peter, the Peter you read about walking with Jesus, here's what he wrote. The Lord is not slow. Okay, he's not slow. You know, you, you think it's slow. You think it is, it is slow. And he said, no, he's not really slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Because see, here's the problem. We just don't understand it, right? We don't understand what's going on. We don't understand what's taking place. He says, here's what he is. Here's what he is. He's patient. How many could just raise both hands, maybe both feet if you're home, okay? And praise God right now for his patience just with you, just with, with you. Man, I am so thankful for his patience, all right? And here's why he's patient. Here's why he's patient. He's not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. I thought the same book that said he was going to be born said he was going to come back again. Where is he? I think we need him. I think I need him. Come on. Where is he? How bad does it have to get to get him back if he's coming back? Here's, here's where it has to get. Is maybe there's somebody in this room. Maybe there's somebody watching this broadcast right now. You're the reason. The reason he hasn't come, that he didn't come yesterday, and he didn't come the day before, is he wants everyone, everyone to come to him. And so today, maybe you're waiting on God, but God's waiting on you. God's waiting on you to open the gift of forgiveness. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us today. For some of us, where this lands is just maybe to help us to be more patient, to be more like you, to say, oh God, just, I know you're working. I, I know you're, you're, you're working. I may not see it, but I believe you're working. For others of us, God, we, maybe we, we just need to trust you more. 
Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Craig, I think God's working in my life. He's wanting to build patience. I'm wanting it to happen yesterday. But I think if I was really honest, there's some rough edges that he might be interested in. There's some things in my life, there's some things in my heart, there's some things in me that maybe he'd like to work on. And I just want God to know today that I trust him enough that I'm gonna give all these things to him. And today, maybe fresh and new, you just need to raise your hand and say yes. God, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. How many here, that's your prayer today. Just raise your hand up. Maybe it's a new job you need. Maybe it's some work in your heart, your marriage, your kids, or whatever, your finances, whatever. You just need to trust them. They're at home. Just stretch your hand toward the screen right now as I lead in prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person in the room and online who maybe were tempted to think, when is the road going to open? When am I going to get married? When am I going to be healed? When is that financial situation going to turn around? When? And God, that's not, that's not what we need to focus on. What we need to focus on is what? What do we need to learn right now? And so God, help us today to learn what we need to learn and to grow the blooms will come. The fruit will develop. All of it, the, the garden will grow. It, it'll happen. But, but we got to go through some watering and weeding right now. And so God, just help us to be faithful in that right where we are. Maybe others of you, you're in this room. And like I, the scripture I read last, you're one of the people God's waiting for. Maybe you got invited here today. Maybe you just showed up. You don't even know why for sure you showed up until now. And it's because God's wanting you. He said, I'm not willing to stay up here in heaven until everyone comes to know me. I want anyone to be able to reach out and have faith to believe in who I am and what I can do. And I'm telling you today, it doesn't make any difference if you've done this before and you've failed and you've faltered and whatever. God is the God of the second chance, the third chance. His grace is more than enough. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. And if you need that today, you need God's grace. You need his mercy. You need his love in your life. Will you stretch your hand up right now all across this room? Just stretch it up toward the Lord right now. That's it. And online, just type the word decided in the chat the word decided and we're going to start praying for you and I want you to pray this prayer come on everybody pray this prayer with me help somebody else to pray it as well say dear heavenly father thank you for sending Jesus to die as my sacrifice for all of my sin and I know I've sinned but you sent a savior so I could be redeemed so I could be brought back and adopted into your family. 
So as much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for coming in. Fill me with your spirit. From this point on, I wanna serve you every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's praise God for those who made that prayer.